Hey, Blenders, on this week's show, we are going through Real Blend's top five most anticipated movies of 2024 and catching up on our Rebel Moon reviews. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Blenders, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 292 of Real Blend, a podcast that's trying to figure out how the beekeeper fits into the Fast and Furious saga. Maybe a Vin Diesel post credit scene, I'm hoping. It's all about bees and family. My name is Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing wow. editor here at Cinema Blend, starting 2024 off with a bang. Yes, Gabe. Do you do you think in the in the beekeeper, Jason Statham yeah. has a quote where he says, You don't know bees, but you're about to. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, nice. I hope right? so. Or, yes. or when he knocks somebody out, he calls him honey. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then you just like, not so honey. Kev, did you recognize my fast quote? <laughs> oh, I did for yeah. sure. I oh, yeah, I mean, that, it's a movie that was, I don't even fantastic. like. I, 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 think you did, I, I think Gabe secretly is a massive Fast and Furious fan. That's why he's I'm just, so, yeah, just so he's, upset. He's, he's put on this whole, this whole facade that he's just... What's more likely that he's secretly a massive fast fan or that like you actually really dislike Nolan, but you've just like (laughs) fallen into this character. And now you're like you've like Daniel Day Lewis yourself and don't know how to break character. (laughs) Could you imagine if that was was like all a bit (laughs) like I wasted all this time on this? Like like, every time Kevin watches Oppenheimer, he's like, it's so boring. All they do is talk about (laughs) physics. He still watched it 14 (laughs) times (laughs) To, to commit. To commit to the character, of commit course, to right, the right, bit, right. baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a method, a method. Yeah, to, to quote John David Washington, you didn't commit. By the way, Kev, it's coming back to IMAX seventy millimeter. Oh, I know. Are and you I'm going? Are you oh, going? Gosh, you, am I going? Of course, I'm going. <laughs> I, I already thought about like where I'm going to see it, how I'm going to see it again. Uh, gonna yeah, I can't wait. What I'm going to wear? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might I, wear this. I wish you could go to the uh, live performance uh, of, um, with the orchestra. Yeah, for That's people who don't week, know what Sean's, Sean's talking about, yeah, there's a, there, I think it's next week, and we're, we'll dive into our normal housekeeping, but there's a show in L.A., it's sold out, but they're going to have Ludwig score the, the Oppenheimer movie live while it plays, mm-hmm. and I'm, I think Noel is doing an introduction, it sounds like, sounds like Disneyland, <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds amazing, I want to go so bad, but should be yeah, pretty great. It's during the week, yeah. Um, well, anyway, on this week's show, 
our first of the year 2024, we are going to be going through Real Blend's top five most anticipated films uh, of the calendar year of 2024. We're going to catch up on a couple of things we didn't get to review, including uh, Rebel Moon and then a few titles that we got to uh, over the break that were like, let's catch up on these things because it got super busy at the end of the year. We want to talk about a couple of different titles that we know you guys are excited for. And then hopefully if we have time at the end of this week's episode, we have a game to round out our first year of the show. I know people have been asking about the draft uh, and the results of last year's draft. Gabe, what's the plan? We're going to do that next weekend, hopefully, or next uh, week? It'll be a couple weeks. It'll be a couple weeks. couple but weeks? Yes, okay. We'll do that all together. We'll reveal the winner, and then we'll dip right into uh, the next draft. And for new listeners, this is like a fantasy football type of draft we do with the movies. And it's really it's really fun. And, you know, throughout uh, what was interesting over the past couple of years was with the pandemic and delays and things like that. People's picks, have, yeah. right, people's picks had to be like switched out and then you had to choose another movie that you necessarily didn't want to have at that at that round of your draft. So um, hopefully th- maybe this year. Um, uh, I'm very interested to see what the results are. We'll see. Wait, well, Sean, didn't you didn't you like lose Dune and you're like, well, I guess I'll take Wonka. No, I didn't take Wonka. But this is really funny because uh, one of our regular listeners, Harry Lichtman, direct messaged me and he was like, this shows how involved our listeners are. They were like, hey, what did you get in replacement of Dune? And I, I'd even forgotten I had Dune <laughs> <laughs> until Gabe came to us and he was like, you got to pick one of these titles because it was all that was left coming out. And I didn't get Wonka, but I think I got something that might have helped me out. I think I, oh. I think I picked I think I picked a pretty good title. Damn so it. We shall see. Yeah, I will say I, I was going to mention it then, but since you did, Sean did give up Spider-Verse to take Dune 2 and then Dune 2 dropped. Oh, yeah. and that was oh, pretty traumatic. Wow. That's pretty so traumatic. unlike Okay, you. I'm so excited yeah. about this. See, this is what I, I love I whenever we put like a year between episodes that like we're recapping things that we did, but it's like I'm hearing it for the first time because I have com- right. like, I completely forgot about all of that. Yeah. 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 Well, in yeah. a couple weeks, in a couple weeks at the end of the show or you'll see next week kind of what we have going on. So it'll be a couple weeks um, until we get to that, but it'll be a fun show. Wait right. a second. Really cool. I know we got to move on, but Sean, you said Oppenheimer is coming back to IMAX. You know, Spider-Verse is coming back Spider-verse as well. Spider-Verse is coming back also. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> got to mention that, man. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. IMAX. I'm yeah. super right. excited for that. Come uh, on, on Finch and IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for joining us on YouTube. Please head oh, down, give us a like and a subscribe. Yet. Join us here each week for our audio listeners. If you want to join us in uh, in video form, head to youtube.com backslash Rebel and Podcast. Of course, available all the different places you get your audio needs met. If you would like to get uh, uh, Rebel and Premium, it gets you an ad free version of the show and a newsletter from myself every other Friday. Check the description for information on where to sign up. So, no guest this week. Hollywood is slowly dragging itself out of the uh, the holiday malaise. Um, if you've been doing this long enough, you realize that right around December 9th and 10th, uh, people stop working. And there might be like a blitz of like press opportunities leading up to that. And then you don't get people doing anything until January, which is why uh, in January, you get titles like um, The Beekeeper. Uh, and the Book of Clarence, which I'm here. I'm hearing good things about each of those titles, to be honest with you. Um, but January has been a dumping ground over the years. And um, so we instead are now taking this opportunity uh, to look ahead to Real Blend's top five 
most anticipated. Um, we all gave Gabe our individual lists and then Gabe, why don't you take it away and explain to the people how you've come up with uh, what we're going to talk about. I would just like really, really quick. Have we done introductions yet? Sort of. So no. It's fine. You all oh. have lower thirds. You all have lower thirds. I'm Jake. I like this. The blonde guy's Kevin. The other guy's yeah. Sean. <laughs> you know what? I got to break the formula at some point. You know? It's like, okay. This is perfect. It's all right. It's, it's all right. We're year. back. We're rusty. We take one week the off. The episode and... where I was going to get first introduction, now we'll skip. Yes, no guarantees. No guarantees. Uh, to explain for the people at home, if you if you just joined us for the first time, us doing a top five most anticipated, or you just listened to our top ten of the year, we do this a little bit differently. Instead of getting top tens from all of them, um, and then we go through uh, each of them individually, I got a top five from both from all Sean, Jake, and Kevin um, to create one real blend top five overall. I am simply going to reveal real blends top five one by one, and we'll have a brief discussion. Mm. Um, about the aspects of each of those movies and why we're excited about it. Um, to give a little bit more background, I if it's number one on a list, it gets the most points. If it's number five on a list, it gets the least points. I also had these gentlemen uh, send me a couple honorable mentions, uh, which are worth half a point each. And I've also added a new element, which I explained to you guys before the show, um, to give some weight to, to to a title being on more than one list. So if it's on two of your three lists... It gets an additional half a point. If it's on all three of your lists, it gets an additional point, um, which made for some interesting tiebreakers. It was it ended up being good. And I think I'm, I'm going to do that moving forward. Um, but it should be fun. Well, weirdly, with the news that Oppenheimer was getting re-released, Kevin put it uh, on his list. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, 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 it kind of ruined everything <laughs> for him. Um, all right. We want to dive in with our with our number five. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. And we don't know. We don't know this list mm. yet. By no, the way, yeah, because we have a shared audience. No. Can I say no. really quick something really quick? I don't know how if you guys I, I had I, I felt a little um, underwhelmed drafting my top five because I felt like when we draft for 2023, I was just telling Gabe, I was drafting based on filmmakers like, oh, we have new yeah. Nolan. We have a new Denis. We have yeah. uh, new Scorsese new and yeah. uh, we have new Fincher. And I felt like this year was basically it was a lot. It was less filmmaker driven and more like. Well, that's a sequel to a movie I sequels. like. That's a, that's a, a sequel to a movie. I, it was. It's more. I, I don't know. I just like. I even texted Gabe. I was like, I feel like this. I feel like I'm missing. There's got to be some. There's got to be more than this. But I. I'm worried that there's not. No, I mean, they, they'll surface. I think. I think. I think we'll start to see a lot of those projects. What's fun is. Um, so you guys don't know. <laughs> you guys don't know each other's lists. You send them no. to me privately. And sometimes one will pop up, and I go, "Ooh, I wonder." Like Jake, you had one that I went. I wonder if Sean forgot about this one or if it didn't make it because you know i'm like i feel like he might have added this uh but we'll find out when we get to uh, some honorable mentions yes kevin so for example the second spider-verse film um uh-huh. the second part of that does not have an official release date and right. probably will end up in 2025 does that right. count that, that's why i didn't draft it yeah i did not draft it yeah okay, yeah for that yeah, reason yeah, yeah jake reached out to me about that and asked and i said i feel like for anticipated you got to be able to anticipate something and yeah we're just anticipating uh, is it like, when like is it happening even you know? before the strikes i remember like when uh spider-verse came out this past summer i remember walking out of the theater going oh we're not getting we're not getting the third no. one in march we're definitely yeah. not getting the third one in march and then no way 
the two strikes happened, which like, yeah. So, and the last that I read, uh, I think it was Phil Lord was like, it'll release when it's ready, which is great, yeah. mm-hmm. but also means could be whenever. Because yeah. <laughs> well, remember, they also, they also came under a lot of speculation about the animators and kind of oh, the yeah. hours of yeah, the yeah, work. Yeah. And so I think they're going to have to, and again, this is all alleged and all, it's all been reported online. You can find it anywhere online, but it is interesting. I bet you that then change the working method oh, of how the second oh, one's going to come out. Yeah. And um, I'd rather so they I wait, you, to be honest with you. Take yeah, your time. I'd rather yeah. they wait. Yeah. Come up with the, come up with the proper conclusion. And yeah. I wonder if they'll bring in other animators again, like they did on, on like if you go back and find our interview with, with Phil and Chris uh, and the, and the directors of uh, across the spider verse, um, there's a great story about the, the animator they brought in to do the Lego sequence. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're mm-hmm. going to uh, source out to other people to do other animation jobs. So it'll be fascinating. Cool. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Number five, Riblin's number five, most anticipated movie of 2024 is Deadpool 3. Mm. Number five. That's low. Okay. Deadpool 3. This was on Kevin's list, uh, but it was on Jake and Sean's honorable mentions. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Who are you well, guys? Well, let me this explain Sean why. Levy. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Sean. Um, I, I'm excited for it because it's Marvel's only film coming out next year. And if they truly are trying to move back towards a model of quality over quantity, mm. um, then I'm, I'm hoping that they're using this time to fully focus on that movie. Um, uh, you know, a hundred percent and make it as good as it can possibly be. Um, and I have high hopes that, you know, with Ryan Reynolds and, and bringing Hugh Jackman back and, and Sean Levy directing it, it's just, it feels like it, it has the, the possibility of falling into a lot of regurgitating um, a lot of characters that we've seen and that I might feel similar to it the way I felt about Dr. Strange when they just rolled in all these characters who are multiversal characters and I didn't feel a lot of attention to them or or attraction to them and then they were dead. Um, And so I'm really hoping until we know more about it that the story more warrants, you know, bringing these guys back because um, I'm being completely honest with you, we're talking to Mangold recently for the Indiana Jones movie and him making jokes about how like, hey, you never really know when the last time these people are going to go is. Um, he seemed a little disappointed in Jackman coming back. And so I want something. I want a legit reason why Hugh Jackman is coming back for this. So, you know, once we know more and I, I think we'll get a, a trailer at the Super Bowl for mm-hmm. it. And then uh, then maybe my, my position will change. But for now, it's honorable bench. I do. I honestly, the couple things there's, there's, there's a lot of things you brought up that I actually agree with, but weirdly it's, is my number two most anticipated of next year or this year. And uh, the, the couple reasons, the biggest reason why it's a number two, the first Deadpool is one of my favorite movies ever. I love that film so much um, emotionally action comedy and the budgetary aspects of it. Necessity is the mother of invention, how they made that film, how it got leaked and all oh, it was, the whole story is amazing. Um, I'm so I'm so overly saturated with Marvel um, and I we all have been for years now that there hasn't been a, a Marvel project that I've genuinely been like super anticipating for a long time. And mm. I I know that I'll never feel the same way again that I did walking into Endgame because that's just 10 years and 20 plus films being built up. But my my hope and I think Ryan Reynolds is a very smart 
and very interesting business person, but also comedian, actor. Um, I think Ryan knows what you're saying. Mm. And I think that that he's fully aware of that thought process. And I think he's fully aware that Marvel's become oversaturated. And again, I'm not speaking for him. I'm just this is just my thought process. And I think with Sean Levy, he's built a great relationship with Free Guy and the Adam Project. They have a really good working relationship. The Hugh Jackman returning thing I'm going to sound hypocritical because I always think about Marvel and having no stakes. Right. And like if they were to bring back Iron Man, that would ruin that that amazing scene in Endgame. Yeah. The because it's Deadpool and because it's so meta, you know that Ryan's going to play with that. Like he's going to yeah. play. I bet I bet you there's a joke in the movie where Mangold shows up and says, wait, I thought we killed this character. You know, that, that's that's such a Deadpool thing to do. Like he could call Mangold and say, we're going to bring back your character. And it would completely work in the in the in the uh, Ryan. If you're watching this, you can use that. No, I was kidding. Um, but in, in all honesty, though, in all honesty, though, I think it's because of the fact that it's going to be fresh it's going to be R-rated. And I think with Echo coming out, uh, which we'll talk about because um, they're dropping all the episodes at once on the ninth, yeah, which is an interesting week. thing. It's not a, not a week to week thing, which I found fascinating. That'll be your first kind of look in that R-rated aspect of the of the Marvel world. And I'm just listen, I think Ryan Reynolds, think about how badly he wanted Hugh Jackman to be in a Deadpool film. There is no way he's going to mess this up. And I think that he understands the weight of it. I understand. And I think everything you just said, he's completely aware of. And I think he's aware that we need to shift Marvel back to being exciting. And what's weird about it is with the R rating, it's going to be fascinating how it how it does at the box office. I know we know the first Deadpool did obviously extremely well. Second one did well as well. But within the Marvel world how it's going to affect kids that want to go see this movie kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, now that sure. it's MCU. So it's fascinating. It's, I our, can't wait. It's our number five. Jake, did you have anything to add to that? I know. Yeah, a lot yeah, was said. I mean, hey, look, I, I am hesitantly excited about it. You know, I don't want to rehash what you guys just said, but I do think it is at risk of, uh, you know, falling into some, some like, Hey, look who it is traps. And so that's, that's, um, you know, and because I mean, but I will say that I have heard that obviously everything's speculative right now, but the idea is that Deadpool has to pop into different universes to get the best version of every character, that's which funny, is actually. that's that's sort of what is helping me wrap my brain around Smart. the Hugh Jackman thing, which is that in my mind that that Wolverine is still dead. And this is this one is so wild because we're getting sort of a live action version of uh, X-Men, the animated series. It's helping me sort of separate the two. Um, I still am able to accept Wolverine's death, but also get excited about the fact that like yeah, we're getting I'm that with you. Wolverine. I'm, I'm with you, but I feel like the separation is more dryly Fox versus Disney because yeah. you could make that exact. That's the thing everyone has said about Iron Man. What if you just yeah. popped into another universe and it's a different Tony Stark? Couldn't you compartmentalize that your Tony Stark is still dead? And we would definitely be like, no, it's no, if it's, if it's yeah. Robert Downey Jr. As Iron Man in any capacity, we'd be bummed. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. the only difference is that there's Studio. nothing else from Fox that's coming yeah. other than Deadpool. Mm. And I mean, I, to me, anything to away, me, I think it's still disappointing. I, I'm hopeful that it'll be entertaining and yeah. that it'll be good. But I, Ryan's aware I, I, I of believe, this, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the, I, Deadpool movies don't have a lot of like rewatchability factor for me. The first one does. Oh, I think the second one's good, too. Being aware and uh, commenting on it, like being self-aware is not necessarily doesn't doesn't absolve the fact that you're still doing the same. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not yeah. that it won't be entertaining. It's not that he won't find a great way that'll be make it worth it. And I trust that Hugh Jackman 
wouldn't do it unless he felt like it was good. But I just wanted to push back on the multiverse thing is I don't think that's really that's kind of a cop out. It's still it's still the guy in the role. Right. The, well, I mean, Sean brought up an interesting point about multiverse of madness and then we'll move on. Um, and Jake, real quick, I, and we'll get to you as well. But um, the scene in Multiverse of Madness, when all those characters came out, the Krasinski and Patrick Stewart, that was awful. And there is absolutely no way that Ryan's going to do that in this. I mean, that was such a throwaway, terrible sequence. Everything like that you the, guys were talking about that you wanted. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. like and it was like and it didn't even look like the actors were all even in the same space. It looked like they all shot it individually. It was so bad. Yeah. Um, madness was just multiverse of madness was just bad in general because it just felt like it was like half of a Sam Raimi movie and half of a Kevin Feige film. It was like, they didn't, they didn't, it didn't, it never found its voice. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm very, I'm very excited. I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, we never would have gotten Logan by the way, without Deadpool. Think about that for a second. Sure. True. Deadpool uh, one allows Logan to get made. Birds of prey. Also, Margo just gave Deadpool, Deadpool um, credit for, succeeding yeah. and and then yeah. warner brothers agreed to let her make birds of prey r-rated it's almost like a payback it's like, part yeah he was like hey we never would have gotten logan made let me come back and help you for a second um well, we're ready we're ready all right deadpool 3 our number five our number four sticking in the genre is joker 2 it was on all oh. three of your lists joker 2 do we um, know how to say the title does anyone know how to say it i think it's folly ado it's Folly kind of, I think you could Frenchify that a little bit more. It's a little Americanized the way I said it. I've but. been wondering how we're all going to start pronouncing it once we get to covering it. Like, and we're going to have to, because like on the air today, when I, or the other day when I did my most anticipated, I just said Joker 2 because I didn't want to botch it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll like, see. Yes, I think it's like fully a, a duh, technically, but like, are we all mm. going to sit here for a year and say duh and piss people <laughs> off? Probably not. Uh I so well, follow you do. I think is how people will say it. It ended up on all three of your lists: Sean's number five and Jake and Kevin's number four. Let's Ooh. start the conversation by recognizing Joaquin Phoenix as friend of the show, friend of the show, Joaquin Phoenix, and his <laughs> his next performances as uh, Joker. One of the reasons why I put this on my list of uh, the top fives, and and similar to Jake, I I was hesitant about the fact of the number of sequels that I was choosing, um, yeah. but the the way that that the first one ended gave them a lot of latitude, I feel, to still go out and tell any kind of story they want to tell. Um, because so much of the first one was like, how much of this is in his mind and how much of it really happened? And did he ever really leave the Institute, you know, and was he really doing most of the things that he did and how much impact is he going to have? Now, you could either go the tract and say, like, no, he did everything that we watched him do in that. And he's essentially launched this army of, you know, Joker clone uh, criminals who are going to be out taking over Gotham. Like, what if it even gets around to the point where it involves a Batman? Like, I know that Jake sort of crossed, you know, that that line and said, well, you know, will they ever meet? And Joaquin didn't really want to explore would that. that. Would um, that mean that there's three Batman potentially in DC if there's. Well, there's a uh, lot more than that because Clooney exists. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, exists. I, let's 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 allow that to be the past. But I mean, yeah. currently they'd be making the Batman two. Sure. There'd be a Batman in Joaquin's Joker. And then you would presume there's a Batman in whatever. Yeah. Working on because I honestly universe. think that, you know, not to use the else world titles, but I feel like this 
these movies, the Joker movies are existing on their own little platform right. that doesn't affect anything else narratively. So you could introduce another Batman into there if you wanted but to. But we've already seen, unless a massive amount of time has passed, we've already right. seen Bruce Wayne and, and he's a child. He's so a child. we yes, would, we true. would need a, we would need a 15 or 20 year time gap before he's even in like year one territory. Or we just get That's some fair. badass kid that knows karate or something. And we just have a really young <laughs> Batman. <laughs> But at the same time, too, I, I am really intrigued by Lady Gaga uh, as a choice to play Margot. Again, to sort of reference a very recent Margot Robbie, um, or to play Harley, I'm sorry, uh, to reference Margot's comments on Variety recently. She was talking about her potential future continuing to play Margot Robbie in the James Gunn universe. And she said she kind of viewed that character as somebody who it's more exciting to see new people take the characters on. Um, and she got a run. She did three movies. Maybe it's time to pass the baton and see what else somebody can do. And if you're going to pass the baton to Lady Gaga, then I'm I'm incredibly intrigued, especially when you hear that the two of them went super method on the set. And uh, uh, yeah, so, so that's why I made my list. Jake, here's what I'll say is that I am both um, nervous and excited for one very specific reason, which is that Todd Phillips and I at the Joker junket. A portion of my TV interview was both of us agreeing that Joker should not have a sequel, because I think <laughs> around the time that oh. Joker came out, he had made a comment about like, oh, I don't know, like if, if this is going to be the sequel kind of movie, this is kind of probably going to be one and done for me. And I remember telling him, dude, I don't want a sequel. And he had, he, his response being, yeah, me neither. So <laughs> it, it makes me nervous that that. He was so adamant along with me uh, about it not needing a part two. But I guess what excites me about that is like something must have other than the fact that the movie made a billion dollars. <laughs> and, and, I, and I guess Joaquin, too, Joaquin doesn't strike me as the type to come back and do a movie for the money. So I feel like something had to be there to intrigue him as an artist. I mean, mm. you're yeah, because also you have to keep in mind that's his Oscar movie. So mm -hmm. you do. You know, Lady, he's not going to Lady Gaga also doesn't need the money. Yeah, exactly. Credit, yeah. You know, so. Like, you know, I, I don't I can't imagine that that these people are, you know, are going to come be a part of this just to, to get a, a paycheck or just to get a part two. You I mean, that was su the success of Joker was such an anomaly that to do anything remotely close to a lesser version of Joker would dilute uh, the first one. So I, I, I really want to believe that they wouldn't do it unless they had something truly special. Yeah. Kev, did you get a chance to discuss? Yeah, no, I'm I'm I mean, I love that the whole team is back. Lawrence back as DP, Hilder back with the composing. Um, it's it's the same team that made the first one, same filmmaker. Uh, and uh, I, as Jake said, I, I don't something must have changed. They must have found a story. I mean, this is clearly this is going to be a musical from what we understand. Uh, is Joaquin Phoenix going to be singing as Joker? Is that is that is that what we're anticipating? I know that Lady Gaga will sing, but I'm, I, I just can't imagine Joaquin singing unless he sang somewhere else before in a movie. And I've missed it somewhere. Um, Johnny Cash. He sang Johnny oh, Cash. You're, you're right. I, I how did I forget that? Well, yeah. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is a different type of voice, though. It is. Johnny Cash is almost it would like be a very. Voice. It would be very funny if Joker sounded like Johnny Cash. In the Johnny universe. Cash. <laughs> you know, like Johnny Joker Cash's Cash. voice is very is very spoken, in my opinion. So I, I, mm -hmm. I just I can't imagine him going like to your point. To your point, like to speculate, uh, the musical aspect to me sounds like a Harley Quinn thing. That would be Harley Quinn's, you know, imagination and whatever her psychoses that we're gonna 
we're going to see through her character. I could see like the musical being a fictitious thing that happens through the eyes of Harley Quinn. Mm. And that's a great reason to get yeah. Lady Gaga to sing for you. Well, and to the and point, I do, like I, I could see this next movie being completely through her point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be like the sort of one. thing that would say, well, it's a sequel, but it's really not. So I'll do it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that could exactly. be that. Sort of- yeah, 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 yeah. Did Joaquin have a rap career when he was doing his weird that was a fake. Uh, remember, that was the bit where he it was called I'm Still Here. I'm mm-hmm. still, it was the Casey Affleck movie where he played. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, he did the it was, it, thing. It was, was he a doing bit. a rap a whole, thing, too, yeah. though? Yeah, he will. He, I think the rap part of it, if I remember correctly, was it was part of the method part of the part. It was like okay. it was like a I don't think he legitimately be, like went out and like cut records and like like i think it was part of the character the story was like he was quitting acting to become him. a rapper or something like that wasn't okay. that like that's yeah. kind of like part of it okay the letterman interview is one of the greatest interviews i've ever seen on tv it's so it's wild but my, my favorite one is the follow-up interview where joaquin sits down and like him and letterman just sort of stare at each other for a second like because yeah. I, I don't think letterman knew that, no. that it was a bit until long after like in, in the moment i don't think he knew it was a bit so when they finally well, got to sit down and joaquin was back as joaquin letterman just because you know letterman's not someone you don't go on his show and like screw with letterman so i think i think him just sort of looking at him was just sort of like yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you remember the last line, one of the last lines of the interview, like Letterman at the, on the first go around was like, "I'm sorry that Joaquin couldn't be here tonight." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's sitting right there. <laughs> it, that is that was such a great thing. But yeah, it, it, I forget sometimes. Like it's so funny you brought up Johnny Cash, Sean. Like like. I forget the amount of roles and the differing roles he's played. Like yeah. he's so in my mind right now as Joker and Napoleon that I just completely forget about like her and 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 walk the line, James Mangold or right? inherent vice. Like you know, like he's oh, been in yeah. Yeah. some terrific, terrific movies. I mean, he's one of the best actors. Do you, all right, who who's a better actor, Joaquin Phoenix or Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, jeez. I mean, wow. This is why I don't do lists, guys. Not an easy question. Well, it's just not a fair question. Yeah, it is. They're, they're two, plus two, is, two plus two is four. That's a fair question. I think I mean, Joaquin like disappears more, but I enjoy watching Leonardo mm. on the screen more. Interesting. I think I would agree with that. I appreciate Sean? more Joaquin's ability to to try different directors like mm. he'll go do an Ari Aster's sure. Bo's Not Afraid, you know, he'll do a historical epic with uh, Ridley in the same year, essentially. Mm. Then he'll go back and do a Joker. And I wish Leo would challenge himself a little bit more. I feel like he's now listen, he's stuck in a rut with Martin Scorsese. God bless <laughs> <Yeah>. him. But <laughs> it's a pretty good rut. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty good test rut. Himself. Yeah, exactly. Still, if you're going to pick a rut, <laughs> that's a I rut. still think DiCaprio is the best actor working today, but now that I posed that question, it's a hard, I, I don't even know how I'd answer that. It's tough. Gabe? Uh, yeah, I, I just, I disagree with the, the question. Not nothing oh, against dude, you. It, it's like, but it's like the Oscars we put up against actors versus actors. And, actor. I, don't, and it, I don't vote it, for the Oscars. It's a choice. Well, that's a performance. It's what you're talking about. A what are you talking about? A better yeah. actor. It's like, well, they never did the same role tw- at the same time. Like, yeah, but it's how a, do you it's a legit compare question. them? No, I understand the question. I just, I wouldn't begin. I wouldn't know where to begin how to compare them. I have a question. Does Joaquin get a Best Actor nomination for Napoleon? No. No. Is that, no. Is that even? Not, it's not the, even. Not a not chance. Even, no. No. Top, no. Top not a chance. No. 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 Not top twenty. Well, boy. Oh, no. All right. I mean, Scar, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> sorry. Can, we, can we go ahead? Great. I mean, with with that attitude, can we go ahead and vote for the Oscars? Can we do our Oscar bet right now? Like it's. 
Like I like I'm that's asking it. a question. That's all. I just asked a question. There's. No Sean, you're fired. Sean's out of the show. He's never. He's not allowed <laughs> there's back. No way. He's not allowed there's, back. <laughs> there's five people who are below the line of the that are not the ones that we think are going to get in. That are right. Like there's probably ten at least ahead of him. And again, he's good in Napoleon, but it's not. It's not like that's not an Oscar. Hearing a very strong surge for um, Zach Efron and the Iron Claw. I still don't think he gets I, in. I do like that surge. I don't think it happens. Uh, but right now, as you guys can all see, we're we're going back and forth between Cooper, uh, Giamatti, and Giamatti. I was say, I'm, Murphy. I'm feeling Killian. the surge for Giamatti. I finally caught up. Cooper. This tangent of all tangents. I finally caught up on uh, the holdovers. Over oh, break. and what you think? First of all, it was the perfect movie to watch while I was on a little holiday break. Beautiful, uh, right? Couldn't have been better. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Right? Wasn't it's it a great, wonderful? Great yeah, and just how a great good movie. is that? That kid, Dominic Sessa, it's his first movie. Dude, really I, you good. Know, it wouldn't surprise me if he snuck into supporting actor. I think so, too. People like him. People yeah. like that performing. Dave I, think I could see him taking De Niro's spot. Yeah. I mean, Dominic's amazing. That movie, Jake and I said this sometimes, like, there, there are certain films you can put in front of anybody mm-hmm. and they're going to like it. Holdovers mm-hmm. is just, you know that I know my grandma's going to like it. My mom's going to like it. My dad's, you know, it's just, it's just such a weirdly heartwarming film yeah for some reason yeah we're gonna throw to a quick break but on the other side we'll pick back up with the list so stay tuned this episode of real blend is brought to you by marvel strike force marvel strike force is a mobile squad rpg that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like dr doom and apocalypse Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In lieu of a number three, we have two films tied second Ooh. oh interesting i will start with the first these are in no particular order uh except for reverse alphabetical i guess technically by the way before you mention these i'm gonna be sure. very mad if my number three didn't make it into our into our top five it's funny you mentioned that kevin because our tied for second first of the two is bad boys four yes <laughs> that's bad gotta boys. be sean that's gotta that was be sean that was on Sean and Kevin's list. Yes. Uh, it was Kevin's number three and Sean's number three. Damn yes. right. I went back and rewatched uh, part three the other day. And it's so good. 
Those guys, Bilal and Adil. You mean the movie that has the title that should be this one's title? I'm yes. not going to hold that against it. That's that fine. That's funny, though. They should just call this Bad Boys 5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. That would make as much sense. Altogether. Someone wow. said Bad Boys Forever, which I thought was could work. But. Their chemistry is just so good that I will watch Ugh. the two of them play these roles forever forever they they understand their parts and they bring exactly what i want them to bring to the table um i will say that part three got a little convoluted with its villain and you know there's deep emotional ties to people that uh mike lowry knows um but when you get down to the action the action is terrific bilal and adil are fantastic the joy Paneliano arc was so devastating that seems good destroyed me it's very um, good the michael bay cameo at the wedding was fantastic <laughs> with with the bay uh, circular the shot. shot yeah got, the, got shot. the shot so um it felt like part three was them trying to figure out like hey could we do this again and they proved they could and now i think with four they're going to be like all right now we're all now we're all in now it's now we're going to give you the bad boys movie you've been waiting for so you think it's like that girl in it or <laughs> Can we sneak some footage like on a TV screen? Some footage you know, like, spliced yeah, in. Yeah. Why not? That's pretty That'd funny. So what, if, what if that's the mission of the film? Who's Bad Boys? Trying... What, what studio's Bad Boys? Sony. Sony? Okay, Sorry. yeah. Well, weirder you things know, have happened. What's interesting, well, Adil and Bilal obviously are, are, are back to direct, which I'm mm-hmm. very excited about. Um, Bad Boys is Bad Boys 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like that movie is something I can just watch on a loop. It is incredibly fun um and then obviously as sean knows bad boys 3 was shockingly great because <laughs> yep. like when michael bay wasn't involved in it, i'm like there's no way this is going to be good and then you basically had two fans like sean and i making a bad boys film but they're actually talented filmmakers at the same time yep. and it was it was just the joe Paneliano arc in that third one like I, I i left that movie emotional man it was like really well done and um I'm, I just like you said, I can't wait to see them back together. I, I just love Mike Lowry. I love that whole that whole that whole chemistry between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith is just incredible. And the way they deal with their families and all those things that kind of play into the world they're dealing with is just it's it's just so much fun to me when I sit down for a bad boys film. I just feel like I can fully escape in a way that like and get that comedy, get that action. That's why Bad Boys 2 has everything I want in a film. It's like it's, it's comedy, comfort. action, drama, it's comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And Bad Boys it's 1, just I, I need to. It's so great, too. So, yeah, Bad Boy. I'm so happy that made our list. I was wondering if anybody else. I mean, I figured I, I guess I should have figured Sean would have because I know you like Bad Boys as much as I do. But Jake, you love Bad Boys, too. Yeah. But you didn't love the third one. I right? didn't love three. I didn't love three. Yeah. Um, so my excitement for this series has has tapered a bit. Um, yeah, I love two, but like, you know, what happened? Three? Like, too I, bloated? Like I saw the story was too bloated. Yeah, I got to be honest, as you guys, I forgotten so much about it. As you guys yeah. are like saying things, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. And I do remember there being I remember one of my major complaints being that the third act tied to this random ass plot point of connection that at no point we ever actually saw in the series. And it's about the it was father like, thing. I think so. That sounds, I, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I, rem- yeah. I remember that really bothering me. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, I remember it was one of those movies that came out and I remember thinking like, okay, like that was fine for a part three, I guess, but I couldn't care less about four if I'm being honest. 
All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm very excited, but uh, you said we have a tie for three, Gabriel? This is tied for two. Tied for two. Oh, tied for two. Uh, so the, the other film, tied for two. You know, we said Sean didn't like our, our top ten of the year. Uh, I think this is going to be Sean's... Sean's going to like this because I think everything is on his list. <laughs> I, saying, some way I, feel like, I feel like I'm going to be the one that, that, that doesn't like our most anticipated five. I want to hear your list. Jake, you didn't get Bad Boys, but tied for second with Bad Boys 4 is Alien Romulus, yes! the new Fetty Alvarez alien sequel. Oh, that's on my list, too. It yeah. is. <laughs> it is. This was yeah. Sean's number you, four. Yeah. You gave Bad Boys way more enthusiasm than you gave Alien. <laughs> Well, I, thought, uh, I thought he was telling me that I didn't that I didn't pick no, this. No, no, no. I, as, as opposed to you not liking our top ten of the year, this one I think right. you're gonna like. Yes, I do. I'm excited um, for this, Jake. You take it away. Said, take, yeah, Jake. This was your number two. Yeah. I, I one. I just love the Alien franchise as a whole. Even like the honestly, and I, I loved Prometheus, and I loved Covenant, and um, even like the lesser Alien films. Like I would still take those over most monster movies these days. And obviously, Ridley and and uh, and James Cameron's originals are are masterpieces. Um, but this is in addition to the reason this ranks second for me because in addition to uh, bringing the the Xenomorph back to the big screen. Uh, Fede, like I, I loved what he did with Evil Dead, and I just I think he's a phenomenal uh, a horror director, and him being let loose with a xenomorph, um, and apparently Ridley saw an early cut of it, and he is someone who does not hide how he feels about uh, sequels to his films. If you're looking for examples, uh, check one of the two interviews on this very show <laughs> yes <laughs> so uh, so yeah so i i just have a feeling that that movie is going to be just sneaky awesome and come in and just blow us all away yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited yeah, I, for I, that I, for that reason too i think fetty alvarez has sort of proven himself as as a terrific filmmaker i really liked don't breathe even too mm-hmm. um and uh i like the fact that this is a solo standalone story in this in the series it's not trying to be a sequel or prequel to anything that exists i do like prometheus a lot i i don't love covenant as much but i feel like i need to re- go back and rewatch it um but i'm i'm ready for just like a new set of people who get mm-hmm. dropped into a world where the uh xenomorph is, is creating yeah. havoc for them yeah. so yeah I, i'm in 100 there was a there was an alien for gamers who listened to the show there was a, an alien survival game isolation uh, a couple years back called. isolation which was just brilliant and legitimately did you scary play i did nice i loved it i love when jake plays a game he's he's particular which i'm very excited about like i actually like am gonna have to go buy a playstation for that new jurassic park game that, that dude it takes looks place. good have you guys seen the trailer for that yeah, it's a new uh, Jurassic Park video game, Kevin, that takes place one day after the original film. So oh. the, the plot point is that they evacuated all everyone off the island, but accidentally left one person and you're the one person. So like nice. so like Alan Grant's hat is still on the road and like all the cars are still there from. So you're going through all the original. Anyway, there's an alien film that's just like that. Alien Isolation It was a great game, terrified the shit out of me, uh, brought the terror back to the xenomorph and. Fede Alvarez has shown that he knows how to do that type of, of terror with Don't Breathe. So I'm really hoping mm-hmm. that he sort of brings that version of his horror uh, in, back into the series. Because I feel like they've turned more so into action films. So I would love if they went back to Ridley's more like we don't see the alien that much mm-hmm. and, and use him, use him sparingly. Well- I want a good cast like Alien yeah. and Aliens have great ensemble yeah. casts. Yeah, I'm um, still trying to get over the nightmares I had after Don't Breathe in the Turkey Baster. I, oh, I, I, that's I, right. I, that's right. I, I, 
I will never. Xenomorph with, with, with a turkey baster. I'm out. I'll pass out. <laughs> in the, theater. the ending. The ending of Don't Breathe will forever be in my mind. That's. I wish yeah. I could erase that. Yeah, part that's a great ending. Head. Oh, <laughs> so disturbing. It's so disturbing. Prometheus does not get enough love, and one thing that it's I don't great. think gets talked about enough. Alien of or Alien, of course, has the chestburster scene. Phenomenal. Talked about mm-hmm. it on the show. Ridley Scott talked about it on the show in in part. Um, but Prometheus has what I consider very much an homage to that to Eleven, which is her performing her own C-section yeah. to, yes. to get it up. Like that's yep. such a way to like take the chestburster scene and then go now yeah, imagine yeah. it's even mm-hmm. more excruciating and drawn out. You know uh, what's interesting about that love. scene, Gabe? Is was the the if I remember correctly, was the the use of mirrors in that scene? Because remember, when she right. working on she herself? She had to like look yeah. at it. Yeah, she did it right. to herself. Yeah. And there's something about when filmmakers use mirrors that I find interesting. One of the one of the most like, especially in that scene, but like one of my favorite ones ever was in the first Avatar. It was like this like 3D shot where like mm. Stephen Lang's in the in one of the pods and like and they have like this almost like rear view mirror thing. And the way the 3D operated with it was so wild. And I remember seeing Prometheus. There's just something fascinating about how filmmakers can use mirrors in, in a scene. And I remember that scene in particular that Game's talking about. Like, there was something so disturbing about the way the mirror caught. Like, you know how, because we, when we watch a film, we, we were watching it through the camera. But when you see the image that you're watching through a mirror that's shooting the image, it's just, mm-hmm. it makes it, it just gives it some type of weird resonance that I can't explain. But I remember that terrifying me. That was, that's a really interesting point. I never actually thought about that, Gabe, where that's kind of the equivalent of the chest burster. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. It's interesting. Yeah. Love that. Love that scene. Um, yeah, Newbie's great in that too. Our number one, those were our, our tied for second. Alien Romulus, which I think is a final title, but maybe that's a working title because it's kind of early. Um, and Bad Boys 4. Is Deadpool n- 3 the final title? I don't know. I don't think so. We had it already, did we? It, we had it. 3? It was a five. It was a five. No, no. No, he no, meant the, the final, final title. Final title. Is it the title of the movie? Like, is that the title of the movie? Oh, no, 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 no. I think they're going to call it something else. You think so? I think they're going to work Wolverine into the title. What if it's Deadpool 3, Hugh Jackman's back? Honestly, that'd be good. I could see them doing that, dude. I mean, you're talking about the guy. Do you remember this trailer for Deadpool two? And it was from the studio who killed Wolverine. You know <laughs> yeah, that? yeah, that's great. And like, and like that. That to me, and I was watch, I was watching that today because I had to use Deadpool two footage for promoting or my mind was anticipated. And I was like, I forgot that Ryan put that in there. Although the, <laughs> really the three of Hugh Jackman's claws. Wolverine's claws mm. going through yeah. the logo yeah. is that's true pretty too. great. So maybe it just called Deadpool three, dude. The first Deadpool junket, which is so cool, I think about it now. It was in San Francisco during the Super Bowl, whatever year that was. Like it was 2016, 2015. Um, and Ryan Reynolds, they had it set up in a bar. And you had to throw darts at Hugh Jackman's Wolverine face. <laughs> so you're sitting there talking to Ryan about Deadpool while you're throwing darts with Ryan Reynolds at a picture of Hugh Jackman. And it's like just the big full circle where we are with them now is just, it's know, just funny. If you listen to the show at all, you can probably deduce that our number one. Oh, I know it. And I'll say this. Our number one got the most points possible i think in this little game in that it was your number one on all three of your lists and that is right. dune part two baby Dune part two number I'm one t- most anticipated movie of the year I'm shameless plug Lo- looney Dunes. We, i think this was on our list last year too so you yeah know, yeah not much more but we can find, say find our interview with denis 
um, for the first hands and hands, um, Zimmer and like, I, I, yeah, I, Dune 2 is going to be extraordinary. It just, I, I can just feel the scope of it from the trailers. I want to see it in 143 so bad. I saw, I saw first Dune in 143 IMAX, which is the IMAX format that, you know, Nolan's films play in. But it is, it's a remarkable, it, Greg Fraser, to me, like, that's the star. I mean, I love Denis. I love everybody involved in that film. But the way Greg shoots that, there's a shot in the new trailer. I don't know if, Gabe, if you can explain it, because you read the book. But it's like, I don't, do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's it's like Chalamet's like really far in the distance. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, OK. I've been avoiding it because I'm going to say it's just a really super blurry shot mm-hmm. as something powerful is happening with his character. And I, don't, I don't know oh, the, okay. the, what happens later. Sure. But the way Fraser lends that is it looks insane. And like I'm I'm just fascinated by the Austin Butler character. Now, for mm-hmm. me personally, I have not read the books. So my arc and journey with dune is i know the half of the story i know where we ended up in the first part and i have no idea what's coming next so you never um, saw the, the lynch film never saw the lynch film never read the books um, there was a tv series it, right or tv movie it was, or yeah. it was, called, it was on the, the sci-fi channel sean's very it was called and that, i think oh. believe that was called frank herbert's dune william hurt played uh played uh uh, uh, Paul, oh. Paul's father. Oh, Paul's father. Oh, wow. I'm very fascinated to see how this story ends. Um, and I can't wait to see him riding the, the sandworm. Sand sand it's it's going to be awesome. It, and and one of the things that I remember Nolan saying about the first Dune was that it was like the and I'm paraphrasing. It was like a great marriage of practical and CGI effects. Like it was because the first Dune was shot so much on location. So when he does the sandworm, I'm very fascinated how that's going to look. I mean, I know we've seen clips of it and pieces of it, but that's a hard effect shot to pull off, to have an actor on something that big. I wonder if we're even going to get a wide shot. Like, Denis doesn't, Mm. like, it'd have to look really good. Yeah. Or extreme, it'd have to be, like, maybe an extreme wide shot. Yeah, just But I just feel like a wide shot is always going to look a little awkward on a giant thing, Mm -hmm. but... yeah. And Denis, I trust. So, I mean, I well, saw. I, uh, yeah, go ahead. He's had time to work on this, right? Because it was yeah. due last year. And do you think it was done? Do you think it was done? And they just delayed it. No, it's called Dune, Kev. <laughs> but no, no, I'm saying, do you think it was I'm, done? I'm, like, did, I'm sure it was. As good <laughs> done, but he could always have time to perfect it, right? He could always have Wait, time to go dangerous. back and refine. Which can but, be dangerous. But, but I would see it more as additional time to improve visual effects mm-hmm. um oh and i don't think like, that's even a question the first one was flawless i don't think you yeah, let yeah. them mess that up and it's sequel. not like but it's not like rework the narrative you know right. or yeah. work in another subplot i think it's really just Fine we're making tuning. this look as great as it can look in the formats that we're choosing to release it and what i love about it too is that we're getting it in march like it feels like I, because little, aren't, aren't of the, you a little bummed about that though no, not at all. I, 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 don't I, I only say that just because, like, w- like there's a good chance that that's going to be our favorite film of the year. Yeah. And it's like opening a Christmas gift, like on December fourth. <laughs> like it's 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 kind of like, yeah. well, are we getting too much greatness? Too think early. About it, think about it this way, Jake. We can watch our favorite movie of the year all year long. True. You could see it as many times as I saw Oppenheimer. That's I plan. True. To. There's a yeah. lot. Uh, like Gabe, what is the most times you've seen a movie in theaters in theaters oh i don't know i i 
most I've seen a movie in theaters. I'm trying to think. There's a movie that I know I took people to like three times. Come back to me. I know there's something. I haven't done it a lot. I haven't done It's maybe like three Did times. It's maybe like three I times. Saw I saw The Dark Knight five times before it came out. Yeah. Look and this then guy. one more time after after it was released. Insane. I'm up to nine on uh, Trolls Band Together. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time to get in, baby. He just, he's on the edge of the seat. Do they get together? He never do. They? <laughs> Music's that just so good. And why do those five that. guys sound so familiar? <laughs> why? Who no, is that? I'm trying to think. I know there was a movie that like I went to, and then I, I went to a group of friends was like, you got to watch this, and I'll watch it with you. And I can't remember what the movie is. So I think it's only like maybe three. Not something I do often. Mm. Maybe I four. Think I, I saw Top Gun Maverick quite a few times. It was yeah. the Top Gun Maverick's the most I've seen a film in recent memory. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think mine's Titanic. I think I saw Titanic like mm. seven times because I just kept the, bringing people back to it. I know the most it. times Sean. I saw uh, um, a movie in a day was Hot Rod. I saw three times oh. in one day. <laughs> By one Titanic, day? though, yeah. I meant that I was on the actual Titanic and I just kept <laughs> revisiting my time spent on the boat. So. Wait, Sean, so, uh, uh, we'll move on. A uh, quick question. I remember when Titanic was out, um, there it was out for it ran so long. Oh yeah, like, I think it was in theaters for a year, and then I mean I remember buying the VHS and going to Blockbuster to get the get the to get the reserved card and get the two VHSs whatever. But I remember at the I think it was towards the latter part of the release they started to put an intermission in the film. Did you ever experience oh, okay. that? I, I I heard stories that like people would like people it was three and a half hours whatever it was. I I just rewatched it by the way on 4K and it looks extraordinary. True Lies, by the way, on 4K looks awful. And we can oh, dive into that that's a, a different story later. Because well, didn't they like. Yeah. Was, but the Abyss looks good, right? Doesn't the Abyss look I, the Abyss looks good? I haven't watched oh, Abyss yet, but I watched this looks good. But I put um, you guys know I've been waiting for True Lies to come out on format and for years and because it hasn't been available anywhere. The transfer that they did to this thing, Oof. it's it. There's shots of Tom Arnold's face that look like. Harrison Ford's younger DH self in Indy Five. Weird. Whoa, you're talking about I, I the new 4K? I don't know what they did to it, and some someone online can. Ex- I wonder terrible. if. I was reading. I, I saw stills of it, and someone was talking about that they were using some sort of like digital enhancement like it, sort of thing. Right? Which I know that like when they when they up resolution, often like they'll do a little bit of like a pass of some of like the film grain or, or something. But the yeah. stills that I saw looked so like. Like like face smooth like on like on a phone like Polar camera. Express, yeah. Like it was like. Oh, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if like that's a weird because Abyss looks great. Well, I wonder if it, I wonder what the story is because that strikes me as maybe that's just something that the the film negative that exists is not True. good or just didn't exist and so they're just like upscaling some other version yeah. of it. I'm curious if that's one of those physical media. Yeah. You know, film. We talk about film being stored in salt mines. If it's yeah. gone, it's gone. You know. To Gabe's point. They usually, when you do a 4K transfer, like with 2001 and all these big movies that they bring back, they go back to the original camera negative and they and they, and they scan it, and that's how they get the the footage. But what what I find fascinating about it is, like, for people out there who aren't, don't know exactly what we're referring to, The Abyss and Titanic haven't been available on any format for years. You can't buy them anywhere, rent them anywhere. It was just they were just gone for some weird reason, and we've been waiting all this time. And then all of a sudden they come out. I haven't watched the Abyss 4K yet. I watched Titanic. Looks remarkable. Like it's actually 
it looked better when I watched it on 4K than I remembered seeing it in wow. 97. Um, it looked remarkable. And then I and I was so excited. I'm like, yeah, true lies time. I can't freaking wait. And then I'm watching it. I couldn't get through it. I, I was so disappointed. Oh, yeah. I meant to text and, you and when I saw the stills because I was like, there's no way that Kevin might be having a, 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 a conniption fit right now at his TV. I was upset. That's what he's looking at. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, what the upsetting part about it, game, to be honest, is the fact that that's the only way you can watch it. Yeah, there's got to be a story there. There's got to be a story there. Kevin's anyway. going to book flights on United just to be able to. <laughs> I used to just to be able to watch well, it. It's on Hulu. I don't. I don't know what conversion it is, but it's on Hulu. Probably better wonder, than whatever. The, I bet you the Hulu version is better. I bet you that's the original or one of. The that's better. what I wonder if they took yeah. like like Hulu has some 1080p version and the films. And it, gone and they just up that it just looks so weird anyway every once in a while flow from progressive pops up and she <laughs> tells you <laughs> you can earn you can earn 25 percent off on cp <laughs> and then she disappears I, I, I will say just for people out there listening if you haven't revisited titanic in years it like you sit down and watch that thing it, it's I, I don't understand. Yeah. It, it's, an, it's so inc- great. It's incredible. It's it, it's almost one like of it the made a couple of million dollars. It's so good. <laughs> but I mean, but I I've forgotten how great it was. Like I oh, knew it was great. So good. I also, knew it was great. But can damn, we say great. one quick thing about Titanic? One of my pet peeves is the the door argument because there's mm. clearly a moment in the film where yes. he tries to get on the door yes. with her, and yes. the door starts to tip. Yes. So like it's whenever someone tries to sound smart by like making the door co- like argument on Titanic, mm-hmm. what you're really saying is I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Right. And I heard someone else say this thing, because if you've seen the film or, you know, the film, it he addresses the fact that they both can't. It has has nothing to do with like it's that's it's just that it tips. It tips. Can I flip that in a way that maybe will make you feel nostalgic about that fact that wouldn't happen today? Because as soon as someone said that, someone on Twitter would upload the video in high res and say, no, you're wrong. This happens. But back in the day, mm. we were just talking about it. The film left mm. theaters. Yeah. Some people say it, it's a conversation and it grows into just a joke. Yeah. And mm. no one references the movie. And these days you just get corrected. Yeah. So to me, that's maybe true. For yourself, that's true. That's maybe make good, you feel a little yeah. better about it. That's fair. That's fair. And the idea correct. that... It- the idea that people are being persnickety about that just shows you how great the film is. Sure, <laughs> it's yeah, like that's yeah. the like, one that's, thing. That's the biggest out. dog you have <laughs> about that movie. That and the stars yeah. were in the wrong alignment. That too. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> didn't, didn't Cameron go back and fix that? He did. He did. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, Neil that's deGrasse great. Tyson. I love him. One probably mm-hmm. the only post edit because that that's after the film came out, right, Jake? Oh yeah, that was years and years after. So yeah. and like I always give Lucas because one of the for, re-releases, right? One of the yeah yeah. I always give Lucas crap for for what he did with Star Wars. But see, the difference in stars and what Lucas did in Star Wars is he actually changed character traits. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. the Han Greedo thing changes who who Han is. And Mm -hmm. so the stars is just a it's just a it's just a uh, I I still think the the worst thing Lucas did for with the Star Wars stuff is Return of the Jedi. All the additions to Jabba's palace to me are unspeakable. Yeah. In yeah. closing, speaking of Titanic, <laughs> our our most anticipated movies of this year, which, hey, maybe Titanic will get another re-release. They tend to do that every couple of years. Um, number five, Deadpool 3. Number okay. four, Joker 2. Uh, tied for second, Bad Boys 4. And yeah, Alien my... number, I don't know, uh, Alien Romulus <laughs> from Fetty Alvarez. Uh, and our number one most anticipated movie of 2024 
is Dune Part Two. Dunes. 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 Dune Tunes. Two. With a dollar sign. <laughs> Gabe, are we are we gonna have any time for Godzilla? Or can I just say something real quick? Uh, let's go ahead and throw to a break, and then on the other side, we're gonna talk Rebel Moon, and then we should have a few minutes to talk Godzilla minus one, some catch up from last year. Uh, but we'll catch you on the other side of this break. And we are back. Okay, so it's January of 2024, and we had a couple of big shows that ended out 2023, including us doing our top ten lists. But that meant. There were a number of films that uh, were released that we didn't got did not get a chance to comment on. We have seen a lot of comments asking us to talk about Zack Snyder's film Rebel Moon. Um, and uh, so we're going to give you our Rebel Moon reviews and we're going to do spoiler filled conversation at this point. Now, the movie's been out for a long time. We're going to talk about it uh, in depth. So feel free to proceed with caution if you still haven't seen uh, part one of the two part saga. Um, and you might want to skip ahead to our next thing. So anyway, Rebel Moon, Zack Snyder going to Netflix, um, creating what he is essentially calling his R rated uh, Star Wars when, in fact, I think he has created a PG-13 uh, version of A Bug's Life. It's legitimately the exact same plot. Uh, to, I was Which stunned. Which is, to be fair, is Seven Samurai. It, it is, without a doubt. But like the comparisons were like. You could not overlook, you know, that uh, Ed Screen's character was essentially Hopper, you know, from from a bug's life. And then even when they had to go out and recruit like the other warriors, the the warrior, the bugs in a bug's life had more motivation for coming back to help uh, the the town than the warriors who were recruited by um Sophia Botella in Rebel Moon there it's like I got really bored by the repetition of um the structure of the story which was they go to a new place um the new person who they are trying to recruit gets into a fight of some sort so that we see what their power is and then they just join the rebellion and then they move on to the next place and then it's wash rinse repeat kind of thing they meet another person that person shows off their skill set they join the rebellion and then we all move on. And I was like, OK, if this is where we're going, but at least we're going to get a great you know, second half where uh, all of these people who were being introduced to is going to be a tremendous battle, you know, back at the farmland um, of Velt, where uh, these people have agreed to sign up and protect these folks. Well, no, that's wait till part two. Um, and by the end of the part one, I was like, that was the longest setup you know, for a see at the next movie than ever before. And what frustrates me the most is the the narrative that came out after the fact of, oh, there's a much better version of this movie uh, that, that you just had to watch. And it's R rated and it fills in the gaps and a lot more characters and there's story arcs that, that you're missing. And, uh, and and Zack Snyder even saying things like, Along the lines of like, they're completely different movies. Well, show me that fucking movie. Like, what are we doing? And of all the people who is, who should have learned a lesson by not being able to get your director's cut out in front of your fans uh, instantly, you know, I haven't heard a great argument yet by anybody in a position of power as to why they did this. 
um, if it was to put, get a PG-13 audience friendly version out there in front of people because you were going to go theatrically with it. Great. But they went to like seven theaters. If, if even that, they might have went to less than seven theaters. So it wasn't a push to reach a mainstream audience. And if you just want to give people the PG-13 option for them to potentially show to their kids on Netflix, we'll give you the give the R-rated version at the same time and let you choose, you know, give you the choice on the streaming service. But then even at that, the PG-13 version, quote unquote, you know, that's more mainstream and, and safer for families has like aggressive rape sequences and and violent, you know, deaths and political themes that are going to go over the heads of, of kids who are watching it anyway. Like, I don't view it as a family friendly movie anyway. So, so much about this release baffles me. But on top of that, it was just I found it to be a kind of boring movie. Like I what I really wasn't that intrigued by the new characters who were introduced. They're played by I like Sofia Batella a lot, but when you when you're leaning on the likes of um Charlie Hunnam and Ray Fisher and um I don't know, countless other bland actors that like what I said at one point, I was like, this is really repetitive. It seems very formulaic. Where is the 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 Princess Leia, where is the Han Solo character? And someone yelled at me. They were like, oh, you, well, you just want him to regurgitate Star Wars. Well, no, I don't want him to regurgitate Star Wars, but I want characters that stand out in the ensemble. But he um, did th- regurgitate Star Wars. Oh, he does. Yes, he does. That's, so go ahead. Take, take that angle. I mean, look, it, it's you, you can't knock a filmmaker for being inspired by what they saw growing up, because that's literally what Star Wars is. Star Wars is George Lucas taking the serials that he loved as a kid and sure. making his version of it. But it's so they're so wildly different that while you can see the influences star wars is still very much his creation rebel moon feels like Zack snyder going well i want a cantina scene too and then just doing a cantina and, and saying well i i like this in part of seven samurai so i want to do that scene too well it's like well no you don't get to you don't get to just you know you don't get to trace over someone else you you can look at what they created and hopefully it sparks you know uh, a fire of imagination within you to to give us something fresh and new but Sean, like you said, you know it took us two hours to get the team together a team that is infinitely less interesting than all of oceans eleven a group mm-hmm. that were brought together in what seventeen minutes. Took mm-hmm. 17 minutes to get all of ocean. You think we need one more? We need one more. Let's go get one more. Like that's like I I could tell you more about those characters than any of these guys that we just spent all this time with. And look, I I don't think the the lack of Princess Leia or Han Solo was for a lack of trying. I think probably in his mind he thinks that some of these characters are his Luke Skywalker, and it's just like or his Darth Vader or whatever. I just, you know, and and every scene and I saw the film before the narrative really started uh, taking weight of the the other version that was coming. But watching every scene, I kept thinking, oh, this is definitely a chopped down version of something else. Like there Mm -hmm. there are some scenes, um, one involving like a spider woman where I was just like, who who is this? Who is this character? Where did this character come from? Like, Mm -hmm. am I supposed to know who this person did? Did I fall asleep at one point and and, and miss the introduction of this character? Like, clearly, it's it's a chopped down version. And they're trying to fabricate this phenomenon that, quite frankly, was born out of a tragedy. Like the whole reason the Snyder Cut exists is because of this tragic thing that happened to Zack Snyder. And Mm. this version, this other version of Justice League was forced to come about. 
because of this very organic, real, genuine fan movement. You can't like you can't fake and a streamer. Absolutely. Like you said, John can't fabricate that. If you Mm -hmm. have the movie, there it is. Put it out there. If anything, all they've done is ensure that I'm just going to like, I'm not even going to bother with part two until both versions are released. But if the point of this PG 13 version was to get me excited so that I could see the fresh version. They did the opposite. Like now I'm going to have to drag myself back to watch the director's cut because I was left so lackluster with, uh, with the version that I saw that I just sort of thought like, I, well, I I guess I'll watch the director's cut. And what's crazy is Zach's experiences with putting out theatrical cuts of his movies. (laughs) He has openly said that those are disappointing versions of the movie. The original I, I version like, of Batman versus Superman. Okay, or, but Watchmen is great. The theatrical Watchmen, I think, has better edit beats than the uh, does director's really? cut. Yeah, I think okay. so. I agree. He he wants to redo Sucker Punch. You know, there's, there's changes he wants to make to Sucker Punch at this point. Um, I think 300 was pretty intact. I don't think he really messed with that that much. Um, oh, the theatrical with 300 was great. Yeah, it's terrific. So, but but I don't, I can't comprehend knowing everything I know about Zach, why he would ever allow himself to be put into a position where an inferior cut would be the first step forward for a new universe that he wants to introduce, hoping that he could make enough noise in interviews of saying, well, there's a better version coming and my fans know to look out for that. And it's like, but no, if you drop a version that makes people less interested in the story you're telling, then they're not going to want to sit through that longer version. I just I I'm baffled. I'm baffled by the release strategy around Rebel Moon, because to me, it just came across as pretty generic. Yeah, I mean, I I remember seeing it. I was weirdly bored by it, mm-hmm. by a Zack Snyder movie. And I love Zack Snyder. And I mean, this is I'm, I'm somebody who grew up watching a lot of DVD features, as, as I said on the show before. One of my favorite DVD features of all time was on Watchmen. It was this thing called like maximum movie mode where he basically walks out into the onto the screen with the movie behind him and he talks you through the whole thing. And he's one of my favorite filmmakers. And and I, I was when you sit down and watch Rebel Moon, it's it's a carbon copy of Star Wars, but just a lesser version of it. It feels neutered um, in terms of its violence. Um, not that I'm, I'm I want graphic violence on my screen, but what's happening in these scenes are graphic and warrant on our rating. Um, yeah, it's very frustrating to be honest with you. I remember sitting there going like, what is this? What am I watching? Like, and, and listen, there's some good aspects to it. It's shot. Well, I mean, there's some good score. I, I also found that, um, what Hulkenberg did the score for it. I think junkie XL, mm-hmm. um, um, which I think he's gotten away from that name. Now I think it's just Tom Hulkenberg now. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant composer, obviously Mad Max. Um, but, yeah, I I was so underwhelmed and so I remember leaving the theaters going. I felt just like numb to it. It didn't do anything for me. Um, but now and I, and, I'll say this: yeah. when part two comes out, I'll be first in line. Like I, I'm always going to go see a new Zack Snyder movie. You know, but but like you guys are saying, it didn't leave me excited for where it's going no. going to go. Uh, do you guys think they're going to drop? this r-rated cut before part two or do you think they're gonna let them i think they bring it i I think there's been such a 
whatever it is that they thought was going to happen did not happen. I thought they that they really expected that the uh, the, the the Zack Snyder fandom, of which I think this show is a part of, um, was going to was going to embrace Rebel Moon uh, way more than they did and then be super jacked, be counting down to this. And that didn't happen. So I would not be surprised if they um, changed their mind and gave us the director's cut before uh, part two. And then out. they should drop them both at the same time right? yeah, for part yeah. two. They're, it, they're, it's just, I mean, you guys have said enough. Baffling, I think, is the only word to describe it for whatever reason they did. But to me, I felt like from early rumblings to release, the selling point for this movie was it's Star Wars, but we're doing things that Disney yeah. won't let you do. And right? we're giving Snyder the outlet to do what he wants. Yeah, and if you're, give, if you're giving me a carbon copy of something like Star Wars, a world that I love, but you're allowed to flavor that with r-rated subject matter whether that's story or violence or whatever it doesn't just have to be flashy things but you're able to layer in you know different genres uh that warrant an r rating i mean you can sell me on that like i know disney's not i know the house of mouse is not going to give me likely to give me you know r-rated star wars but to then not do that yeah i mean you guys have said enough on it just Public domain. Now. Only Steamboat Willie. Yes. Only Steamboat Willie. <laughs> Only Steamboat Willie. Well, and I want to, before we close out this conversation, then Kevin wants to talk about Godzilla. Um, th- th- this is the biggest spoiler of all. Like we, we talk about this uh, repeatedly on the show about movies that have no stakes. This movie legitimately kills off the big bad and revives him five minutes later. And then like he's set up to be the big bad of the in part two. And I was like, what, what are we doing? I thought you were at least going to like tease up to. And I think there is a bigger a bigger threat looming. But it was like they revive him instantly. The, and they're like, the are you ready to go back in looming? Carrie always. Um, yeah, I think. If you're going to scare me with a big bad. Well, it's as much as Ed Norton in Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> <laughs> I will give it's, credit it's like ridiculous. to Ed Screen, who I think is I like really Ed good at this. And he has a face on him that just he's a really good villain. I, I mean, his Ajax in um, in uh, Deadpool. I, I live in an apartment building and there's a guy that has a dog named Ajax named after the uh, <laughs> character from Deadpool, not the dish soap. Um, but the. Uh, Remember that line in Deadpool? He goes, you're named after a dish soap. It's like one of my favorite lines. Because <laughs> Ed Screen is so like evil and like Deadpool is just making these jokes. It's so great. He's just Anyways. an intimidating dude. He's an intimidating yeah, dude. In person. Like we He's went to the set visit, went to the Rubble Moon set visit and he was like in character while we were interviewing him. And he was just like <laughs> chewing on an apple and like staring at us like figuring us out kind of thing and i was like i want to i'd like to leave can i leave for the day this is uncomfortable uh kev you got a chance to catch up with godzilla minus one a movie that people were making a lot of noise about uh, heading into the end of the year um i reviewed it i said that i liked it a lot i liked the human characteristics more than i liked the godzilla stuff which to me sometimes bordered on man in a suit man in a rubber suit kind of thing. Um, but you were blown away by it. So tell us what, tell us what affected you the most about it. Yeah. I didn't feel the man in the suit thing at all. I was, Hmm. I was, so this movie came out on December 1st, I think. And you, you hear rumblings when a film becomes uh, a a viral thing. It's online. Everyone's talking about it. And you wonder, is it going to, is it really that great? I mean, like I was putting together my top 10 list 
And everyone's like, have you seen Godzilla minus one? I'm like, I haven't had a chance because that was the period of time where we were doing so many junkets and so many mm-hmm. films that, that nobody had any time to do anything. Um, and I'm not making excuses. I just didn't have a chance to go see it. And I'd already seen my Oppenheimer viewings before the film came out. So don't, I don't want crap for that. Um, but in terms of Godzilla minus one, if I had seen this prior to my top 10, it'd be in my top five. Like it is, I think it's, first of all, it's the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen. I don't know if that's saying anything, but at the end of the day, two things. One, I think the Japanese language is so beautiful and I love that this wasn't dubbed for American audiences. I'm glad the English subtitles are on the screen and we get to hear the actual language. Um, For people who aren't aware of the story, it's based around a character who's a kamikaze pilot during World War II. Um, He essentially doesn't do his duties, ends up on an island where Godzilla attacks and then the World War II ends And it's about the readjustment of the society into the post-war world. And then Godzilla obviously being a looming threat. Sean makes a point about the human story. To me, this is the whole film is a human story. Godzilla Mm -hmm. is part of the movie. He's the action set piece of the film. But what's brilliant about the film is that the narrative emotional story makes the action and Godzilla that much more powerful. Um, Mm. When you're in a scene with characters that you actually care about, that's been built by real narrative structure, actual good performances, not just BS lines that they give to actors so that Godzilla can show up in the next scene. Godzilla wasn't even really necessarily um, a thing that I was waiting for them to cut to uh, in terms of the film. Um, I was so blown away by the by the human story that yeah. Godzilla was like almost like a it was like a, a, a background idea. Yep. I didn't but need when him. <laughs> he, but when Godzilla shows up, I'm telling you, man, I. I, I cried at the end of this film. I, I think it has so much to say. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody out there. And I think you'll get this, Sean, but there's a Dunkirk angle to this film that I Mm -hmm. thought was beautiful. That made me cry. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Um, I get it. It's a really beautiful story. Um, And I really hope that people get a chance to see it. I know it's making a lot of money. Um, It's one of the best films I've seen in a long time. And I did. I just sat down in the theater. I was like, I'm going to go see this because everyone keeps telling me to see it. And it, it was, it so far exceeded all my expectations and I there's stuff in that film that I, I've just been thinking about for days since mm-hmm. I've seen it. Um, it's really remarkable. I, I mean, the performances and we all talk about this in the show. I don't know the exact budget. I think people have said 15 million. I don't know the exact details. I don't want to dive into that without knowing more information about it. But it looks amazing. I don't know how they did it for, for however budget it was done for. Like the way that they rebuilt the, the wreckage of the cities and just the way... I mean, Sean, the, that third act is insane. It's insane how they how they did that whole. I mean, it was unbelievable. I like the I stuff this with movie. Godzilla in the um, in the ocean more. Like I felt in like the when, when he came out, yeah, um, when he was moving what? around the yeah. city, it felt a little bit. And again, not to fault it, you know, I didn't it's see the budget. I didn't feel that. But but again, I cared so much more about the characters. Oh. About the, the the each arc for the individual characters was so oh. gut wrenching that that again, like as you said, whenever Godzilla showed up, I was a little bit like, all right, can we get back to the can we get back to the characters? I care yeah. a lot more about those stories. But the so. human story informs 
the Godzilla moments. Like the Go- Godzilla becomes he becomes the emotional narrative that anyways, we'll move on. Everybody out there, go see it. Gabe, Jake, have you guys seen it yet? I've not. No, I've got, uh, it is, it is on the list. Um, got a lot of flack for it, not being a part of my top 10. haven't seen it yet, but I could very much see, you know, we talked in in the last episode about, you know, our, our top tens being sort of ever evolving things. And whenever we put them out there, they're just a snapshot of what they are in that moment. And I could see me looking back and saying, Oh yeah, God's, you know, cause it very much is my kind of movie, but you know, anyone who, again, like Kevin said, not making excuses, but in the world of what we do, uh, December is a lot of fun for, the things that you are uh, obligated to cover but um as someone who didn't get interview opportunities for it and didn't really have a lot of screening opportunities uh it would have required me to sort of go out on my own and go find it which december is not a month that allows for a lot of time to do stuff like that so i haven't seen it but it's on it's on the list I haven't even seen got i there's I haven't, I haven't seen the amount of tv i haven't seen i, I didn't see loki season two i haven't seen for for as much stuff as we see the amount of stuff we don't is uh True Detective is coming up Gabe, too. I've heard great oh, things about yeah, True Detective. It's like a horror story. Yeah. Gabe and Jake, if you guys have time, I got I, a screener link. I, I go see the theater, man. It's the sound design is insane. Listen, I, I'm going to be too busy with all my back to back screenings of The Beekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and we brought it full circle. Here we yes. go. Uh, now is your time. <laughs> Head to the comments down below. Let us know your most anticipated movie of the year. Uh, if you want to give us your top three, give us your top three as well, too. I, I like hearing about that. Um, in the meantime, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. You could follow us in between new episodes of Real Blend at Jake's Takes, at Kevin McCarthy TV, at Sean underscore O'Connell, at Gabe Kovach, and the show is at Real Blend. If you're new to the show, first off, welcome. Thank you very much. Go back through our archives. We've got plenty of really great shows for you to catch up on. We are inching closer to episode number 300, um, which is a benchmark for us that we're very, very proud of. Uh, And we have a lot of cool guests that are in the hopper. Uh, A lot of if it happens. So stay tuned here with Real Blend. Welcome back to 2024, folks. We're really glad to have you with us. We've got a lot of cool things planned for this year. And uh, hashtag if they happen, um, I don't know. What are we going to, what's our movie? What's our movie for Dude, 2024? Man. Dude. Dude. We got it. I want it. I want Denis on this year. I want Greg Fraser on this year. I want, I, I want more cinematographers on our show this year. I would, I would, we had Hoyt event, Hoyt event last year for Oppenheimer. It was okay. a remarkable conversation. We had so much fun. I would love to talk to more DPs on this show. And I think people like our DP interviews. I, I, I hear from people a lot. They're like, get more DPs, get more composers on your show. Um, and obviously we, we're, we're all working for our audience. We want to give you the best we can give you, but that's my hope for this year. Despicable me for, or Janusz Kaminski for if Kaczynski's movie. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards. As we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.